I should look and see if drawkittyonit.com is available. <laughs> <laughs> or or drawkittyonit.dev. I think that's the yes. new thing is everyone's getting their dot yeah. devs. They're expensive right. though. Yeah, they are. I think I think kjmiller.dev isn't too bad. I think it's like 15 bucks, but I, I looked at like productivity.dev because I was like, oh, that would be great. And then I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So we are now in, in bonus show territory. You have done this before. So mm-hmm. uh, just a quick reminder at the end of every show, I flip the host button around and it is now you that is leading this podcast, which... Um, we will call it Aline's Not Mean, the podcast. <laughs> I like it. Um, so from this point, I am your guest to talk as little or as much about whatever you want. But at this point, the show is yours. So I am wondering about parenthood. Can we talk about parenthood some? We can always talk about parenthood. Okay. So how old is your wee one now? She is five months and two weeks. Okay. So... What has what has gone according to your, I don't know, plan or expectations versus what hasn't over the last six months or so? So she loves Bob Marley. That is okay. that is a definite like according to plan. The first <laughs> song she ever heard at the hospital was No Woman No Cry. And she didn't cry, I was, but still. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, she has been such a great little baby that I have I have no complaints until tonight at like three in the morning when she wakes me up. Um, but I, I can't say that there hasn't been anything that's happened that I haven't expected uh, regarding her. A lot of it has been regarding me and my health uh, because I got sick last year and I'm just now in the process of getting everything resolved. So I, I guess the, the biggest thing has been trying to work around um, having my license suspended because people were afraid I might die while driving <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, all of these other crazy things that made no sense and still don't make any sense. But I guess having to having to still be an effective parent and an effective human being while having certain limitations put on me uh, for medical reasons. So how are, let me think, how are things evolving with those medical complications now? Like um, in terms of, are you facing limitations still that you weren't expecting and how are you um, compensating for those or, you know, is it not compensation? Is it, you know, I just need to sleep 16 hours a day or, or, you know, like how, how is that shaking out for you? So the biggest, I think the biggest thing that has had to happen is I have had to let go of the idea of just trying to be punctual for everything. Mm. Um, a lot of it is because I can't drive anymore. So it's it's like, well, I have to wait for this person to come pick me up or I have to wait for my lift to show up or I have to just walk somewhere. Uh, and uh, that, has, that has been complicated. It also, I think, puts, you know, a lot of unwanted 
strain on my wife too because she now like if we have to go to the grocery store like that's her you know she's driving everywhere you know Mm -hmm. and and it used to be kind of a shared thing and now it's you know solely her and um for me it's like I have to carpool to work and I work 30 minutes away and then I come home and it's like, okay, I'm home, and now you have to do all the driving <laughs> to, to go get things done or, or pay the mortgage. And it's like all of these little things that we take for granted now become this big evolution. And having having our daughter, you know, every time you have to put her in a car seat, like you don't think about how much added time that is. Or, or, or she's throwing a fit in the back of the car and you're just like, okay, we can't go in with her screaming like this. So I'm going to sit out in the car and try to calm her down a little bit or wait for her to just keep driving until she falls asleep. <laughs> you know, we have to, you, we, we always have to try to figure things out. And the fact that I'm not able to do my part makes it worse. But I mean, ultimately I've been cleared um, at least in word. Uh, I have to, I still have to meet with uh, my cardiologist, which in itself is a nightmare because it's like, well, my cardiologist is in one direction. My office is in the other direction. And in order to go to a doctor's appointment, I have to take time off because it just takes that long Mm -hmm. to get things done. So I've really been pushing this, you know, independent employee and, and like, starting my own business and trying to get all of this off the ground, mostly because of some of the limitations that it's presented, just not being able to get up and hop in a car and go somewhere. Yeah, I think um, that is, I think you're describing one of the reasons I decided to, to try app launch map is partially because chronic illness makes my sleep schedule unpredictable. It makes, um, you know, I, I have a driver's license. I don't have a car anymore, but Justin was driving most of the time before we moved to Seattle and sold our car. And one of the things that I don't think we talk about enough is the guilt that comes with going through either chronic illness or an extended acute illness where you're really reliant on a partner or other people and you don't feel like you're pulling your weight, you know, like doing the dishes um, because of chronic pain, like it, it takes me an hour to do a sink full of dishes just because I have to sit down and take breaks. I can't stand that long. And um, vacuuming, I I vacuumed and mopped our 530 square foot apartment the other day but it, it took me hours because I, I can do a section and then I have to sit down and there's there are a lot of feelings kind of tied up in that that I just don't see people talking about so when when our daughter was still in the oven um, one of the things that I, I surprised my wife with was doing um, the baby room and painting the walls and, and getting all the old furniture out and moving new furniture in. And this was around the time, this was right before I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And I was moving all of this stuff. And the next day she was just like, are you okay? And I was like, uh, what do you mean? And she's like, well, 
your hands are swollen, your feet are swollen, your leg, like your all of your <laughs> your entire body is like super puffy, and like I couldn't make a fist, and and like I was just in the worst pain ever. But like you said, just the the inherent idea, of like I don't not necessarily want to feel weak, but I don't want to feel like I'm putting more pressure on her yep. to do more. That put a huge strain on on us, and and that's something now like she's dealing with her own medical issues and you know like when she has her issues and i have my my issues it's like okay you can't do the dishes i can do the dishes but i can't like move furniture around so if you move the furniture i'll do the dishes and then i can mop and uh the baby is screaming so one of us has to stop what we're doing and it it becomes kind of this this ballet of sorts of where where can we effectively create a system that works? And I think that's something that just over time you get, I guess, good at winging. But at the same time, that inherent feeling, especially if, you know, I suffer from anxiety. So, you know, I get anxious and like I want to take my wife. Oh, let's go to the movies. Well, if we go to the movies, I have to sit, you know, close to the edge so that I can see all the exits and know what's going on. And I'm not really paying attention to the movie, and that makes her nervous. So, it's like all of these things that you think about that most people don't. And then through it all, you're just kind of like, well, it's a little quirky, but we make it work. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Having flexibility is so important um and kind of self-understanding too like i have days where i get really down on myself um because it's like you know oh you know this is a small apartment vacuuming and mopping it should not take you know like three hours it should be you know 20 minutes to do all that it's tiny um but that's just not my reality right now and it sucks like it sucks but you know also fortunately i have a partner who understands and works with me on things so it's it's good it's sucky but it's good yeah so i don't know are you you're still bullet journaling or are you going back to bullet journaling so i've been bullet journaling since well i've been back bullet journaling since October of last year. Okay. Uh, I did take, I took a good like three or four months to play around with OmniFocus 3 and see if it would work for me. And eh, some things were good. Some things weren't. Um, for the most part, bullet journaling has been kind of the constant. There are, I am using Notion uh, a lot in in my businesses, uh, mostly because I'm working with other people and it's nice to be able, um, I had a client, we were talking about a service that I was offering and I basically presented a little like draft, like explainer for what I was going to do in notion. And I just sent him the link and he was like, Oh, this is interesting. And then he made a comment and I was like, Oh yeah, well we can fix that. And I just updated the, the page and he was like, oh, wow, it's like changing like before my eyes. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of the great thing about this tool. But um, at the same time, you know, when it it's it's kind of tough putting having like my world over here and then having this other world that I have to maintain. So I'm trying to figure that part out. Um, I think that's the one reason why I've been trying to like examine is 
a digital task management system going to be better for me? Just because it's, it's a pain to feel like everything on my side is under control. And then it's like, okay, now I need to transfer this to some digital place. So everyone else's world is under control too. Yeah. Yeah. It's there's, there's such a balance. I love, like I said, I love my planner. Um, I think in part because it takes me away from the digital chaos. Um, and there's kind of a context switching thing that happens mentally where it's like, oh yeah, no, you're, you're sitting here in front of your paper planner that looks like a planner. It's got, you know, it's one day per page. Um, Uh well actually one day per two pages. So, um, so it's like, it's, it, it really forces me to focus. And so I've got that context change and then I have the, like the dedicated nature of it that really works well for me. I think when, again, when I'm using it consistently, you know, I think that's the one thing that keeps me from using a conventional planner is the page limitations. Like I, I think today I went through like four pages and I, I do write a lot in my bullet journal. So I think that, is a part of it, but I also use really small notebooks. So like 70, it's like a 72 page bear and fig notebook that's cut down to size to fit in my Midori Traveler's notebook. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's already smaller than the actual notebook sizes. But even with that, like I'll go through that in like two or three weeks and it, it helps because it forces me to do my reviews more often. But at the same time, like if, if I was going through a regular planner, I'd be like, okay, th- these, this day is full. So I guess I'm going to have to write on tomorrow. <laughs> so I actually do that quite a bit. And the nice thing about the full focus planner specifically is that I do wish it had more note pages in the back, but everything is numbered. So you can use kind of the system like with bullet journaling where, um, and it has an index so you can um you can reference things and um what is is it contexts collections collections and bullet journaling so you can kind of use it that way um but i really use i use it more as a task manager than as um a planning note-taking system um just because most of what I'm doing is so collaborative in terms of like note taking and that kind of thing that I do need to use Slack or Notion or whatever. Um, and so it works for me, I think because of that, it, you know, but one system does not fit all for sure. Yeah. And, and I think the only reason that for me, I'm going through so many pages is because I'm doing so many things. Like it's, it was, crazy to have a full-time day job and to like say I'm going to start a business and Mm. then on top of that it was like this business isn't making money I'm going to start another business to help fund the other business Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that and it's it's weird because both take equal attention in my life and they both kind of work together but at the same time they're two very very separate uh, aspects and That makes it hard because for me, it's like, okay, I need to do this, this, and this, and then I need to go over here and do these five things. And then I need to come back over here and do all these other things. Once those things that aren't really connected, but kind of are, are done. Yeah. And that's, I think that's why the 
traditional digital task manager didn't work because it was, you know, I've, I've seen where people will say, okay, well, you know, you have a project called this and it involves this item and this item, but then it's like, well, wait a minute, these two are completely separate, but are dependent on each other. Like, oh, well then that's a tag. And it's like, but it's not though. <laughs> and that's why tools. So I know and love many people at the Omni group. Um, I, I, I don't know anyone at culture code. So, you know, but things three, um, these, these tools don't work for me because it becomes more about the tool than what I need to get done. It, it is the tool. The tool becomes your mindset instead of creating a tool that fits your existing mindset. Yeah. And I, I think that is, that's something that I've noticed that whenever I, because I mean, I, I own all of these apps for some stupid reason, but it's like, I need something simple. Oh, let me look at things. Or I need something that is really, really fast. Let me look at Todoist. Todoist is great. And then, oh, I need something super robust. Let me look at OmniFocus. And it's like, mm-hmm. I just basically keep going back and forth between the three. And then at the end, I'm like, I give up. I pull out my notebook and then I just start drawing circles and squiggly lines and the occasional kitty. Um, and for me, it's my 25 dog. So you're like, you make a little Snoopy dog out of the number 25. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's... It's, it's one of those things where like I just get so tired of feeling like I have another job, which is maintaining my task manager. So whenever I can get rid of that, I do. And I've learned the easiest way to do that is to just stick to my bullet journal. So yeah, for the most part, I've been, I've been bullet journaling and finishing that book really, it, it put a lot of things into perspective that I would not have expected to think about reading a book on bullet journaling. Yeah, I actually, I want to read it. I, I don't see myself going back to bullet journaling, but I do think that there are a lot of things that I could pick out of there to kind of help me. So um, maybe it's something. I got it from the library when it first came out, and then I didn't have time to read it. So maybe someday. Let me know. I'll just send it up to you. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, I've always had this idea of doing like a book collective of just like, hey, get a bunch you of people that it. like reading books. And just just pass books around like, hey, you have this book. I I have this book. But I've never quite figured out how it would, one, be sustained. (laughs) Yeah, organizing that would be like a full time job. And and postage is a nightmare on books. But at the same time, it's like one book is easy. (laughs) But like media mail, as long as you're not concerned about tracking or whatever, media mail isn't too bad. Yeah. But you do run into the issue that I did where I had um, Mike Vardy of Productivityist fame. Um, I stayed with him when we went. Last time we were in Seattle, we took a trip up to Victoria Island. And he gave me these awesome, like, life calendar things that he had gotten. um, And I had to send them because they were like, I mean, you have this giant tube and he's like, yeah, you might not want to take that through customs. That just looks kind of suspicious. <laughs> I'm like, it's just posters. And he's like, we'll mail it to you. And it took like two months to get it. And this yeah. was like in October. We didn't get it until December. And I was just like, what? <laughs> That's also from Canada, though, which is really unpredictable. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Well, I don't think I have any other pressing questions right now. Well, cool. I will 
I will stop my recording as soon as I open up Alfred Remote. There we go.